0: Hello, hello. It's Brooke DeVard and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I am so excited for you all to hear from V. I think she is incredible. She is one of those creators where I saw her content about skincare, but the personality, the humor, the storytelling that was coming through its like I immediately need to know everything about this woman. And then I met her in person in LA at a skincare event for Haley Bieber's Road, which we talk about in this interview, and she was like, oh my gosh, Naked Beauty Planet. And I was like, what's on V's face? You know, like when you just know people from their username. And she was so sweet. And then since then, I've been able to just talk with her more, get to know her more. And I think you all are going to love hearing from her. She's a true skincare expert, but we actually spend a lot of time just talking about her backstory. And it's interesting. She actually has so much desire to go beyond just talking about skincare into mental health and well-being. And I think that's so important. One of my predictions for the skincare space and like the content creator space is that we are going to start to see more content creators that talk about skincare but have a point of view and do more storytelling about who they are in their product reviews. Because I think about like Jackie Ina and how fabulous she was. I would watch her talk about anything because we love Jackie's personality. And I just think V is very special. I hope everyone is doing amazing and easing gently into this fall season. I've got a lot on my plate, a lot of projects, a lot of stuff happening, but just trying to take it day by day, hour by hour and get through it with joy. And also just remember that life is not about finishing your to-do list. That is something I have to constantly remind myself of. Oh, and I'm doing the Sakara Life 30-Day Detox thing. That's all plant-based meals. I'm on like day five. So far, it's going okay. I'll keep you updated on how I feel, energy levels, digestion, if I'm becoming a new person after doing this after 30 days. But so far, it's been good. And I've been on my workouts. I have my workouts on the calendar and I'm layering eating healthy on top of it. I'm just trying to stay on top of it and keep that energy up for this very busy September. All right, enough about me. Let's get into my conversation with V. lie. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gym, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, I'm joined by V on Zoom, fresh from a Fashion Week event, skincare event, which I'm excited to ask you about. But thank you so much for being on Naked Beauty. I'm so
1: honored. <laughs> I'm honored to be in your presence, as you know, always.
0: <laughs> You're so sweet to say that. Well, I have admired your content for such a long time, and then learning about the way that you think about your content and your point of view. You just have a very interesting story. So I'm really excited to chat with you about it. But before we get into that, tell me about this event tonight. Where were you at?
1: Oh, it was just a one-on-one event. I was meeting with someone from Vinner's Daughter. um, was it April? No, it wasn't the founder. It was someone from the brand and everyone knew who you were. And they told me I am in good hands. And they're excited to listen to this episode.
0: <laughs> That's it. So yeah. The nurse Daughter team is really nice. I feel like in the beauty industry, there's a lot of camaraderie.
1: Like I think about
0: fashion yeah. and how it's kind of like pretty cutthroat and competitive, but I don't feel that in like the skincare space.
1: We're pretty laid back. I think we just know that in order to have nice skin, you have to be kind to yourself and to other people. <laughs> it comes from the inside. So I think, yeah, they were super nice. The thing I'm surprised about is that they've been around for 10 years and they only have two products.
0: I know. And I
1: I think that's big volume about the ethos of the brand, I guess. So I'm excited. (laughs) And did you
0: do other stuff for Fashion Week? There's so many parties and events. I find it actually a little bit overwhelming this time in September in New York.
1: I wish I had more access to Fashion Week, but I don't. And that's okay. I'm someone who like the better one is one-on-one. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like big events, as you know, because we met at, <laughs> at Haley Bieber's event. I was above anxiety. I don't know <laughs> if you could tell.
0: No, I couldn't uh, tell at all. But just for people listening, it was like an LA rooftop party and it was like Kylie Jenner, Kendall Jenner, Lori yeah. Harvey, everyone was there. It felt <laughs> like you were like watching reality TV, but you were like in the room. I could see why you felt that way.
1: It's crazy when you're famous because you could be like 100 feet from the person and you could still feel the energy because everyone around you is like, did you see them? Did you see them? It was surreal. It's funny because five years ago, I look at these people and I'm like, they are not attainable. They're unreal. They are the people who shape the culture, you know, they yeah. have that type of voice and influence. And then to realize that I was in the same room as them. Yeah. That's amazing in a way. It's like, whoa, look how far social media took me. But you yeah.
0: carved out that voice in a very crowded landscape where everyone's talking about skincare. And you know what I love about you is you add on that layer of your personal story and humor, and you're going so far beyond a product review. So... Of course, the road team wants you in the room. I want to hear about how you grew up and where you grew up and your yeah. relationship to beauty growing up.
1: Oh my god! So my relationship to beauty was toxic, traumatic. That's how traumatizing actually. When I was younger, I grew up in Vietnam from the age of zero to thirteen. I grew up in a southern uh, small village of Vietnam where like everyone knew each other's okay. name. One thing about my culture is that they're very straight to your face, especially when they find anything wrong with you. So growing up, everywhere I went, I had a sister who was five years younger than me. Everywhere I went, I was made very self-conscious that I was not the pretty sister. Oh, I didn't wow. have fair enough skin. My, my nose was too flat. My face shape was not swimming enough, basically. The beauty standard was so unattainable for someone like me. And I was made to believe that ever since I was very young. So growing up, I was like, okay, I guess beauty is the opposite of who I am. <laughs> That's speaks volume about how white supremacy is so deeply rooted, even in a small village of Vietnam. That's what they believe in. They were super colorist. I had beautiful... Olive skin. And apparently that's not the standard of beauty for my people. And I was very self-conscious growing up. When I finally leave Vietnam, I just left with my dad, a single dad. I left everyone behind, my mom and my sister behind. When I realized I'm on my own, I kind of like acted as a rebel and kind of like lean into being darker. Like I would Not with sunscreen when I was younger because I didn't think of the aspect of getting skin cancer or premature aging. I just wanted to be darker because all my life I was told that being dark was not attractive. So I wanted to, now that I have the freedom, I wanted to be just who I am. And I thought, why don't I just lean into who I am? I enjoy having color on my skin. It's very toxic and traumatizing, but now that I'm in my early 30s, Mm. I think I'm just getting more comfortable in my own skin and I'm on the other side of it. I just feel like it makes me more layered, makes me more interesting as a person to actually earn this perspective, to think that there's nothing wrong with me and I get to decide my own beauty standard. It took me 31 years to earn this and it's very something that I cherish.
0: Yeah, it's a journey. It's beautiful. As you're talking, I have two questions about this village you grew up in Vietnam. So, okay, I'll start with maybe the more toxic question around white supremacy that you bring up, which is so important because I think we hear about bleaching in African communities, in the Black community. But bleaching is also very prevalent throughout Asia as well. And that desire to have fair Mm -hmm. skin, you know, it's like this worldwide, global result mm-hmm. of white supremacy mm-hmm. as you said were there women or people around you that were actually bleaching their skin or were they actively just trying to avoid the sunlight
1: definitely when i was about 12 there was a trend for women in my village it's very complicated because i recently found out that my village is a hub for human trafficking oh my this god so bizarre
0: wait what do you mean by um, a hub?
1: so what happened is the I don't want to call them pimps, but they are really pimps. So there's a bunch of them that connect the women in my village to men who are from other country who are looking for a wife. Most of the time, like much younger wife. These men are undesirable in their own country. Or sometimes they're disabled, which there's nothing wrong with that. But because they're disabled, they're not able to find a wife in their Mm -hmm. own country. So they come to my country. And unfortunately, where I grew up, it was just like a hub because one of the first people to have done it were deemed successful because they were able to send money back to their families. Word yeah, of mouth. Yeah. yeah, marketing, marketing. So other people jump, jump onto the bandwagon and the trend and it turned wildfire. You know what I mean? Like it just spread and spread. And my whole life, everyone told me I wasn't lucky enough to escape to America. I would be a mail order bride. Like that's just the reality. Wow. So there was a trend when I was right before I left Vietnam. So I was like 11 or 12 where People were saying, oh, if you could just have this amount of money, you could go and take a bath and you come out paler, whiter, paler, fairer. Mm. Your skin will be whiter. And it's called like in the Vietnamese term, it's called tam chang, which is literally mean white shower. You shower and you become whiter. And looking back, like that was probably the most fucked up trend ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's really <laughs> because
1: They don't care about sunscreen. They don't care about skincare. They don't care about upkeep and protecting their skin, but they care more about being paler for the aesthetic and to be Mm. more desirable. To be more desirable by society. And it's I feel bad for everyone who grew up in that. In a way, like I do feel lucky that I escaped. Otherwise, I don't know what it's like to not have the perspective that I have today. So maybe I will be totally different person. Different
0: person. Now today in Vietnam are there women that are in media and celebrated that have darker complexions? Like has it changed in terms of representation?
1: Like I don't keep track of the Vietnamese okay. media, but I did see that like a few years ago there's a Miss Vietnam universe who was a woman of certain she was a woman of color, but like in Vietnam not like the sense in America Maybe she's from a different tribe in Vietnam or something. She is so gorgeous and she doesn't have the conventionally fair skin that Vietnamese people desire. So I thought that was a good sign, progress. uh, progress. But I do think it's so deeply ingrained in people's mind that I hope that in the next generation, some change will happen where people will become more aware. But in my generation, I don't have any Vietnamese friend who I can like speak about this with and then they would understand what I mean and where I come from.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I'm also just realizing how limited my knowledge of Vietnam is. I mean, we learned about the Vietnam War barely. We don't even really like get into it. And the way that it's told to us is, of course, extremely problematic. But I feel like Americans also feel very removed from Vietnam, even though our histories are very intertwined. Recent histories are intertwined.
1: But also, as a country, we're not advanced enough to have our own, like, entertainment. We do have our own entertainment, but I think it's not advanced enough. And we still consume a lot from, like, Western. Yes. Or uh, K-pop is huge in Vietnam as well. We outsource a lot of entertainment because we are relatively a young country. And up until recently, all people cared about is surviving. (laughs)
0: Right. Like, no, that's make, so real. What was your perception of the, you? You're 13. You're yes. going just with your dad to America. What did you think mm-hmm. it was going to be like versus the reality? Also, 13 is a very hard age to like make friends. So like, where did you come to when you got to America? And what was it like fitting into school?
1: This is going to sound really fucked up, but I was so happy to leave my mom. <laughs> that's, um,
0: no, that's your truth. That's your reality. So
1: It is my truth and I'm comfortable in my truth. At the age of 31, because I'm more self-aware and when I'm more self-aware, I can empathize with my mom more. Mm -hmm. So I totally have so much empathy for my mom now that I'm older and I've gone through my own like experiences. But when I was younger, she was under a lot of stress financially, from her family, from People in the village, like I said, everybody knew each other's business, so like she felt like a failure for most of her life, and she wasn't taught how to regulate her emotion, and she took a lot of that on me being the oldest. She physically abused me a lot, I'm oh, laughing wow. now, I'm laughing now because thank God, I've worked on myself and I worked through that, and I detached all my emotion from that, but I was super physically abused as a mm. child. By the time I got the opportunity to leave to America, I was scared. But at the same time, I was like, I am free from my mom. I'm free from her constantly walking on eggshell around Mm -hmm. her. And she never felt like a mom to me. As sad as that sounds, like I was closer to my dad as always, always. So when I got to leave to America with my dad, I felt a sense of relief, even though I was also scared. Every time someone asked about my situation and I would explain that I'm here with my dad and my mom stay back and people would be like, oh, I feel sorry for you, like growing up without a mom. And I somehow feel guilty when people say that because I don't feel sorry for myself. I feel happy for myself.
0: I was wondering... (laughs) you're happy to be there with your dad away from your mom. What was your perception of America like? Because we were talking about cultural exports and you watch America through movies. And I'm just wondering, like, were there TV shows that you were watching and you were like, this is what America is going to be like versus the reality? And did it live up to it? And where did you Mm. find yourself? Like, where did you come to first?
1: I didn't have any exposure to Western media growing up. Oh, wow. Okay. And we didn't have a TV until I was like, 10 or something like that. We would go to our neighbor's home and we would watch whatever content they have up on their TV. Yeah. Because we didn't have our own TV. That's how I grew up. Far I've <laughs> I have come. I have come a long way. But I didn't have a lot of exposure. The only exposure I had was Titanic, only because it was so viral that everybody (laughs) showed the movie. So I went into it blindfolded. And I remember this is so traumatic, but I completely understand my dad so much more when I cling on to this memory. I came here with my dad and my brother. It's complicated, but me, my brother, and my dad came by ourselves. And I remember when we landed in America, we didn't speak a word of English. Maybe like, hi, how are you? My name is, that's it. We didn't know how to converse in English. We needed a guy, a translator, and we got one. And this guy told my dad that in America, if you walk slow like that, you're not going to survive. You have to walk faster. You have to be on (laughs) top of your shit. And that is something that my dad cling onto for the rest of his life. Because when my mom came over, I think 10, 11 years later, my dad sometimes would criticize my mom for walking so slow. I would have flesh and I'm like, Oh shit! That is one of the first things that he's ever been told. Yeah, in America, yes. right? And he never let that go, and he still believes in that. He's like, "You need to work hard. You need to walk fast. You need yeah. to like be on top yeah. of everything." Wow! It's like a rat race for him from the beginning. Right? And I was like, "Oh wow!" He is living on survival mode. Like that dude and my mom yeah. never had the opportunity to work on their trauma. I think my Impression of America was like, oh, it's not as glamorous as everyone. Else. <laughs> so you're gonna be all set for life now that you're going to America, but we had to work from negative.
0: Wow. Places. What I love about a lot of your self-care practice and the content you share about self-care is doing things like smoking a joint in the park, eating food, yeah. relaxing in the breeze. And I would imagine that these are things that you didn't get to see your parents do. You never got to see them exhale and have a picnic in the park. And there's something really powerful about you creating success on your own terms and then reclaiming your time. When you came to America, what state did you arrive in? Like, which city were you in growing up through high school?
1: Boston. I was in Boston for only one year. met a bunch of people and then some family drama happened. My dad had to... Just literally one day after school, he's, I came home and he was already cleaning out my room. He drew like a trash bag at me. He's like, pack your shit. We're moving to Worcester, which is only like an hour away from Boston. Okay. But that was so traumatizing because I literally just moved to Boston been here for one year. I'm just starting to get closer to people and open up to people. I just found out that people thought I was snubby because I didn't talk to people. But in reality, I was scared and insecure because I didn't speak the language. I just found out that people thought I was snubby and they were just warming up to me. And then all of a sudden I had to uproot and move and start over again.
0: Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you if you were into skincare in high school, but I know that you weren't because a lot of kind of the content that first made you super viral was you basically showing like what my skin used to look like. And then I started focusing on skincare and then my skin completely transformed. I like aged in reverse. And I do want to talk about what initially pushed you into getting into skincare? Because I think everyone has a different entry point into skincare. But once you're in it, if you love it, you fall deep in it. So what was that spark for you?
1: I feel like you know me when you say reclaiming myself and my time and who I am. I think we talk about at dinner tonight, we talk about Saturn return, which happened when you're in your late 20. And my late 20 happened to be right before the pandemic happened. And at that point in my life, I had two choices. One is to get up. And do something, just anything, because every day I wake up, I'd be crippled, I would be so depressed that I'd stay in bed all day, mm. and the only time I would leave my room is when I'm so starving that I, I needed to get something to eat. I had two options. One is just to get up and just do something, just one thing, anything. And two is just to let myself go. And mm. I was like, what is the easiest thing I can do and do it consistently? And do it in a way where I feel some type of pleasure. Skincare was the one. Skincare was the one thing that I had. It was fun because I was able to create a routine for myself, a personal routine for myself. Even though when I first started, I was highly insecure and I would easily sway. I would buy so many products that I didn't need and I would put on a bunch of products. And it's like kind of like trying to ease my insecurity with stuff. <laughs> that I later find out that that's not how you do it. But when I first started, I just needed something to look forward to every day. Yeah. <laughs> as sad as that sounds. And the more I did it, the more I get to spend time with myself and the more I get to be honest with myself. I'm like, listen, V, what is this art about? What is this insecurity art about? Because it's not just about what you look like. Right. I know for a fact it's not just about what I look like. So I just... Kept digging deeper and deeper into myself. And I started getting on a psychedelic journey. <laughs> Spent a lot of time with myself, cultivate my self-awareness. And finally, uh, last year, like get on my boyfriend health insurance plan. They work for a company that allowed domestic partnership, partner mm-hmm. health insurance. I got on it and I've been seeing a therapist to help me just address every single trauma in my
0: life. I love this idea of skincare as an entry point into this self-realization and and spending that time with yourself. Now, going from someone that wasn't using a lot of skincare and wasn't trying a lot of stuff to someone who suddenly started trying things. And I'm going to ask you your favorite products now because I know you try everything and every skincare brand in the world sends you everything. So I want to know what products you love. But before we get to that, When you were first starting on your skincare journey, what was the thing that made the biggest difference in your skin where you were like, wow, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner?
1: I know everyone expects me to say sunscreen, which is valid. Sunscreen is valid. But I think going from zero to having a skincare routine, I think the biggest thing for me is just washing my face Mm. every day. I think I didn't even have the energy to wash Mm. my face. That's how bad it was. I was just... Let it pile on and on and on. I don't brush my teeth for sure. Yeah. But something about washing my face, I never did before I got into skincare because I was still working and I was still in real estate. I was a real estate agent oh, back okay. then. Yeah. I would see other people and I would mask my insecurity with like eyeliner and mm-hmm. makeup. And then I would not wash it properly oh, wow. at night. I would use Makeup Wipe and then like wash my face with water and calm the day.
0: It's amazing. It's so basic, but just cleansing your face, truly cleansing it every night makes a big difference. A lot of people still use Makeup wipes, which I feel, you know, in a pinch, it's fine. But to do it every night to take off your skincare, it's just not going to be good over time.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's something I also, my philosophy changed over the years. So back in the day, I was like, oh, Makeup Wipe the devil when I knew when I got into skincare, I became very repulsed by the idea of using makeup wife. I'm like, ew, you know. But now I'm like, you know what? Everyone is doing the best they can. If you oh. you're in a space where you're like, this is what I can do for myself. It's better than nothing.
0: Way right? better than nothing. It's like
1: who am I to impose my own standard on anyone? Because I don't know what they're going through.
0: And yeah. we also we don't talk enough about how dealing with things like even if you have like high functioning depression but how dealing with things like depression and anxiety make it so that a simple nighttime three-step routine it's harder when yeah. you're dealing yeah. with bigger emotional trauma
1: every single thing is a hype there's a mental hike, and you don't know if the summit is gonna be a payoff so you're like oh, i don't want to do this shit because i i don't see like if it's not tangible and instant gratifying then I don't feel like engaging in it. Because yes. everything is like a big mountain that I have to overcome in my mind. Skincare has
0: that benefit of like you get to you do get to see progress over time. So cleansing your face properly was the thing that made the biggest difference. Were there any other products or steps that you did or things you did differently where you were like, wow, this makes a huge difference in my skin?
1: Yeah. So cleansing was the first thing and then the second thing would be sunscreen. Yeah. Because I started to notice sunspot on my face to be Honest, genetically, I'm blessed. Let's be real. My dad, he's 55 and he looks like he could be in his late 30s. My mom, her skin has like hyperpigmentation, melasma, but that's because she's never used any product in her entire life. And, you know, women with pregnancy and all of that, yeah. and she lived her whole life in the tropical weathers. Genetically, I'm blessed. And like, I just have to keep my genes. And I noticed, like, I started to get sun spot and I'm like, you know what? Everyone says sunscreen is the foundation of skincare. So I started to be really consistent. It did pay off in the long run because like just instantly putting on sunscreen, a lot of sunscreen, if you pick the right one, it moisturizes your skin. It gives you that instant glow it and it protects your skin. It's a multitasker because it works immediately and it works in the long run. It's a no-brainer for me.
0: I just set my... Grandparents and my uncle, some sunscreen being like, please start using this. I think when they're at the beach, they think to do it. But now I'm trying to get like all of my relatives to get into the habit of like wearing yes. sunscreen every day. What are your, let's say top three favorite beauty products right now? What are you loving currently?
1: Yeah, I'm just going to do three
0: because we um, can do a speed uh, round.
1: <laughs> so obviously I have tretinoin, which is prescription okay. Retinoid. This is like my brand new tube. And how Uh, often do you use it? I use this every other night. So maybe three to four times a week. I don't do it every day because everything is about a long-term game for me. Mm -hmm. So in the long run, it will be fine and I'm not risking irritation. This is my try and true Sarah V. Healing ointment. I know the white woman has rebranded it as slugging. (laughs) (laughs) But I just want to shout out to like, all uh, the women of color because they've been talking about like just putting on Sarah V like since yeah the beginning like or Vaseline. It, 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 Vaseline Seth, sorry. My mom used Vaseline. She doesn't use anything else just Vaseline. And she learned that from her coworkers who are also women of color. I just want to give a shout out to this is brand new but it's because I used up one already the La Roche-Posay Anthelios UV Correct SPF 70. Okay. This one is cool. This one is a hybrid. It's, uh, for on my skin, it doesn't give that much of a white cast. If it does give a white cast, I like to go in with a tinted mineral sunscreen to kind of upset the white cast. And just shout out to Paula Choice. We talk about this, the new vitamin C moisturizer. I think if you are reactive to vitamin C, this is great to start with because it's low on vitamin C and it's so moisturizing. it has a lot of humectin. So I think this is great for someone with dry and sensitive skin who want to get some vitamin C in their routine. Yeah, I think those are the main ones at the moment.
0: <laughs> okay, those are all amazing, amazing okay. products.
1: Shout out to Rode. Their lip balms, I think I'm addicted because I, I like to smoke and I would forget that I'm putting lip balms on myself. I would think I'm having a lollipop. So I would be going back and forth, back and forth. And then before I know it, it's over. So shout out to this one. It's very unique. The formula is, it's just nice to you.
0: This is the Rode Lip Treatment Oil. Is that what it's called? Yes.
1: It's peptide lip treatment. I
0: liked the salted caramel one. Mm-hmm. Someone was like, why would you use that?
1: <laughs> like, I really like it. I
0: know. And like, no. And it was unscented, but I liked the salted caramel.
1: They sent me the unscented one when it was still in the lab and I love it. And then they sent me all three of them and I still use the unscented one. I'm like, I don't need like scented lip products. Yeah. And then I tried the salted caramel while I was high. And mm-hmm. I literally use up half the tube in one sitting, I was sure. Okay, I am yes. eating the wrong thing. <laughs> you know, there's
0: something interesting here that I want to talk to you about that I actually haven't really talked to people about on this podcast that openly. But when you get into this position as an authority or a voice in the skincare world, and then brands start coming to you, not necessarily just to review products, but even sometimes it's like you have to sign NDAs and it's in development and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And they just kind of like want your like POV. I'm curious... If that's something that, you know, mentioned Haley Bieber's Road, but is that something that's happening more and more often where brands come to you for advice? And then two, as more and more celebrity brands pop up, are you willing and open to giving feedback in exchange mm-hmm. for, of course, they have to pay you for that. But just mm-hmm. curious what you think about that.
1: So my boyfriend say this about me and I would hope that it's true. And he say that I am so unfazed by celebrities. Mm. (laughs) Here's the thing, like I genuinely don't care to meet a celebrity if I don't vibe with them or if I I don't think this is someone I can hang out with or pass a choice with, Mm -hmm. that's my criteria. Yes, there's that aspect of like, this is my career. I should meet as many people as possible who could get me into cooler position. Yes, there's that aspect. But when it comes to skincare, I feel like we are already oversaturated. We don't yeah. need any more skincare products. And just because you're a celebrity, it doesn't mean I'm going to go any easier on you. In fact, I would like to go harder on you because you have all the access and the resources. You should Agreed. be able to make bomb ass products because Agreed. you're taking up space. From women of color, from people who, who are genuinely, passionately into skincare. So I definitely don't get faced by celebrity skincare. Yes. Actually, I got on a call with a celebrity who is, I think her skincare line is coming out in two days.
0: And oh my gosh. You'll have to tell me after we record who this is. Can't wait to hear.
1: I, to be honest, her, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Wait, so... Tell
0: yeah. me about this call. Like Her team was like, V, what is your role in this call?
1: That's a great question because here's a difference. Hailey Bieber called two and a half years ago when she was just brainstorming. Yeah. So I felt like I'm trying to have a big ego and be like, oh, she called me before she formulated. Right. No, I felt like she was doing her due diligence. She totally. was doing her homework. She was doing her market research. She wanted to ask around and see what consumers are looking for and see if there's a gap she could fill. That I respect. I had to sign a DNA with NDA. NDA.
0: (laughs) Non-disclosure agreement, yeah.
1: I had to sign that with her at first. I'm like, uh... But then I realized her heart is in the right place. She's coming out with her skincare. She's trying to be intentional and she's doing her homework. And I respect that. But with this skincare um celebrity line, I feel like everything's been done. Mm-hmm. She's about to launch and she just wants to get the word out there. And I feel like I don't have the capacity to switch mm-hmm. in your products. Like I have a routine that I'm married to. Right. So you would have to be super fucking amazing for me to like temporarily say bye to my routine and incorporate you into my everyday life so she came to us and it was like just to get the word out and i didn't want to participate in that because i feel like you you didn't come to me before you created this and now you need me to put the word out there and that's cool people will do it but i don't have time to try your products and i can't speak objectively Mm -hmm. on the product
0: i know you have like kind of an agent now do they reach out to you does the celebrity reach out to the agent and then ask you like, how does it work?
1: I think my name just been thrown around. I didn't get this from my manager.
0: Oh, really? Uh, okay.
1: It just direct inbox.
0: I need to know what beauty mistakes you've made, especially, and I, I almost want to ask you this question. In the process of getting into skincare, what mistakes mm-hmm. did you make? I made so many mistakes. When I look back at like my early days of like experimenting yeah. with skincare and like, I made so many mistakes. Yeah, what was, what was like your biggest beauty mistake at the start?
1: Back in the day, it used to be because I was trying to be a rebel and lean into being tan. I didn't use any sunscreen. Yeah. So that was the mistake for the first 28 years of my life. I'm very like conscious about my routine, but I do make the mistake of just being a little bit overly eager and impatient whenever I feel a little bit insecure about something I try to overcorrect by putting too much stuff on my face and then not surprisingly it doesn't end up well for me because my skin can only take so much Especially like now I recently got a couple new pimples. This is like the first time it's ever happened in my life. I actually named them. (laughs) And it's because I was trying something new and I was doing too much and I'm being too extra. I think we have to realize that the skin is super smart and it's like auto regenerate and repair. We don't have to do so much to the skin, just protect it from UV rays and clean off your pollution and makeup before you go to sleep and moisturize. That's it.
0: So true. What's your favorite cleanser?
1: Like water-based, oil-based. Either. For oil-based cleanser, I love Korean brands because they're so affordable and their technology is so far ahead. So I have it right here. I have the Hamish All Clean Balm, cleaning balm. This is like $10, $15. It's gorgeous. It has fragrance. But I don't mind because it's going to be washed off anyway. But right. uh, that's the thing about fragrance. I used to care more, but now I used to care more because I feel like it's a filter, right? Because there's so many products out there to try. If I just say, oh, I'm just going to stick to no fragrance. I'm going to narrow it down and I'm going to be able yeah. to focus on more. But now I'm like, you know what? If a product seems to have all the right ingredients and seem to be able to fulfill what I'm looking for. Let me try it out and see if, because there's only a small percentage of people who are actually allergic oh, to yeah, skin.
0: I have always been on the like, give me fragrance <laughs> skincare train and like I've yeah. talked to so many dermatologists about it. And I just feel like part of the product experience, obviously it's, I don't want like synthetic, like horrible fragrance, but like essential oil-based, like natural fragrances can be beautiful in skincare.
1: It really enhanced the experience, yes. like you said. And you need to be able to be consistent. That's also like, true. I'm more flexible about that now. Well, what was yeah, the water based
0: cleanser? I've got to get the second uh,
1: cleanser
0: recommendation.
1: <laughs> I love Craig Beauty Matcha cleanser.
0: Great oh, Beauty. I've
1: never tried well, that. That one get along very well with my skin. I like that it's gentle, but it also foams. Because a lot of time when it's too gentle, I feel like it's not satisfying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of time it's like psychological. Sometimes it's like, oh, because it's foams, it feels like fulfilling. But honestly, that one is the perfect balance of getting off all the stuff from my face, but also not stripping my skin too hard. Yes. I think that is still one of my faves. I also love the gel to cream cleanser from Paula Choice as well. That's in the nice. It's pink, a pink bottle.
0: Yes. Well, you know, what I feel like I'm sure you'll agree. When I look at like my PR boxes that come in lately, I feel like every company has moved on from the face onto body. And it's like every product I get right now is like a body research <laughs> cream. And I've always been really into body care. I make a lot of my own body oils and body care. But don't you feel like right now they've like moved on and now they're like body care is like the new facial care?
1: Yeah, that's a sign that it's oversaturated. Honestly, I recycle my product all the time. If I don't like it on my face, I just put it on my body. There's no reason why it should be separate.
0: That's like an extreme luxury because you're in the position you're in. Your bathroom is probably like a full Sephora. So you can afford to do that. (laughs) Most people aren't using, you know, their facial serum on their elbows.
1: My bathroom doesn't have a lot of shields. <laughs> I don't open a lot of product at once. I give a lot away to my friends, actually. But on the food side, you could also use body product on your face. There's no reason why it should be different. Unless it has like highly uh, reactive ingredients, active ingredients. Yeah. So I use like one of my favorite products on my face is uh, La Rose Posay. It's like a body. It's like Oh, that, that, that big
0: pump. It's yes like, Yes, it's for body and face
1: yes but it's so thick and I love to use it because I have dry skin and when I'm using retinoid I like to slide on like thick slide on sticker moisturizer so I use that one on my face and I love it if it works for your skin it works for your skin it doesn't have to be dedicated to one area that's how mm. I feel except for your eye because it's thinner and sensitive but Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you have an eye (laughs) cream that you really like?
1: Right now, I am using, during the day, I like to use caffeine and hyaluronic acid, some antioxidant. So I use the L'Oreal Paris serum. Mm -hmm. At night, I like to use moisturizing because I'm sleeping and I want to regenerate while I sleep. So I'm using the SkinCeutical H-E-E Eye Complex or something like that. Nice.
0: SkinCeutical is always a favorite. I want to know what you're doing to like relax and have fun lately. Like if you have a weekend free, what do you do just to like unwind?
1: (laughs) I'm a cancer. I like to spend a lot of time alone by myself. Football season has started. Is that true? Because my boyfriend is nowhere to be found every Sunday. So that's a sign (laughs) that football season has started.
0: I have no idea. I married a non-American. he I don't think my husband even knows when football season starts. He has no idea.
1: Uh, so every weekend I lose my boyfriend. Actually, it's not a loss because I actually enjoy it. <laughs> but every weekend he's with the boys and they watch the game together and I would be home. I would do my new face facial Yes. I would do my sheet mask. I would do the whole night yard. I would do everything. I would put on a show. Sometimes I would watch, like, this is weird, but sometimes I watch, like, older TV show. Like, I recently started watching Password with Betty White and Al- her husband.
0: Oh, I've never <laughs> seen it.
1: But um, that's something that's so raw and authentic about black and white TV because back in the day, especially when they filmed the audience, sometimes they're like a deer in a headlight and they're not there to seek fame. So they're very authentically human. And I yeah. somehow it's so fun to watch. Recently, I started watching more like older TV show, talk show. I also like reality TV, obviously. if I want something that's like kind of like easy and doesn't have to be like super like I don't have to focus and I put on like cell and or something.
0: (laughs) I think sometimes your brain like needs a break from thinking. That's like a very real thing. It's like you just want to be like in a blank kind of space. I love that you shared your kind of like psychedelic journey then getting into therapy and wondering when do you feel most beautiful?
1: (laughs) You know, you already know. You watch my TikTok, I uh, reels. <laughs> reels. No, I do feel like this is not legal, but I feel most beautiful when I'm on psychedelic because all my anxiety, all my inhibition, everything that society has imposed on me, strip away. I am just me. I'm in my raw firm and I look at myself and I could appreciate the human that I am. And that's beautiful. I also feel like, beauty is just a made-up construct. It's not necessary to be deep, but I found out like it's just a construct. And because it is a construct, why don't I make my own idea? So the last time I was on Mushroom, I told myself, I am my own beauty standard. And everyone is allowed to be their own beauty standard. Anyone who's Different than me, if I compare myself to other people and if anyone is different or look different than me, that's just a deviation away from the norm, from my norm, my personal right. standard. So that rewiring my brain really helped, but also like physically being in my body also make me feel beautiful. Just getting out of my head and moving into my body, doing things for myself. Like my perfect day would be waking up early, going to a a workout class and then getting my coffee and then taking a shower and then just write and be creative. Just being in my body and doing things that give me pleasure that also induce, um what is it called? The happy chemical, endorphin in your body. yeah. yeah. So that also make me feel beautiful. You have to work internally and also physically, internally.
0: That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I'm so happy about all of your success. And I feel like the content creation you're doing on social media is just the beginning. Like you could write a full TV show. You could do a full like stand-up <laughs> comedy set, a one-woman show, like whatever. Wherever V's talking, like sign me up because I feel like you're mm-hmm. just... So fascinating and smart. And I love the way that you're able to articulate your life. So I really thank you for this past hour chatting with me.
1: I'm not saying this to return the nice favor or the nice thing that you just say to me, but I feel so honored to be in your presence always. You are grace and beauty and like excellence, not just black excellence, but pure excellence. Like the fact that you have a child, you work a full-time job and you do multiple side hustles. I saw your TikTok with the Uber driver. That oh, was so yeah. beautiful. Like you stay present and you connect with people in real life. And I think it's corny, but I want to be you when I grow up. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: <laughs> I haven't decided to grow up yet, but one day <laughs> I could only hope if I did everything right in my life and I have overcome all my trauma, I'd be lucky to be half a
0: nice and good as you oh my gosh you're so sweet well thank you so much v people can find you at what's on v's face on tiktok and ig right what's on V's face
1: yeah yeah
0: amazing amazing thank you so much
1: i appreciate you
0: bye i hope you all enjoyed the conversation as much as i did she is truly such a pleasure to speak with and definitely follow her what's on v's face on all social platforms I can't wait to see what she does. And like selfishly, I hope she does like a one woman show or stand up comedy or something. I think she's just very unique. You all know I love hearing from you. So please DM me at Brooke DeVard or Naked Beauty Planet and let me know what you thought about the episode and just all of the great stuff that we heard from V. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week with a new episode.